Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadj Assad, and with me, as always, is my good friend and fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners. Greetings to everyone. Not just our human listeners, Ben, come on. If this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, that is essentially the uh, the boilerplate intro we do every time. If you're a non-human listener and you are a silicon-based life form, consider this a warning. It is a warning. Uh, that's my friend, fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting. You can find his work all over the internet. Ben, give them a taste. Let, let them know where they can find your stuff. Sure, you can find my work at Motor Trend, at Car and Driver, at Inside Hook, and at Haggerty. And you can find my work at autotrader.ca, driving.ca, Nouveau Magazine, uh, auto, what was Automotive News? Auto no, something. Ben, <laughs> auto something. Automotive News and Car and Driver. Ben, we've got some uh, some family-friendly things to talk about this week, don't we? Well, they're definitely the word family is certainly embedded deeply into each of these vehicles. That's true. I mean, we're talking about minivans, of course, but minivans aren't just family-oriented. They could be work-oriented in some ways or That's another. That's very true, although fewer uh, work-oriented vans these days because I believe that that was the exclusive province of the Dodge Caravan or Grand Caravan, which has sadly left the market, Sammy. That is too bad, and I am a fan. You know me; I'm a fan of the Transit Connect and uh, and the Mercedes Metris. Although I think the latter is a little bit more expensive. And there was the also Transit the Connect. the um, the Fiat. What was that called? The Promaster. Promaster. Promaster City, though. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Promaster City. I don't think I've ever driven one. Now I have a question for you. The Promaster City was also the Nissan NV200, right? No, that was the Chevy. Express was also the NV200. Oh, so I, something like that. The yeah. world of like small import vans <laughs> is like so incestuous that it's really difficult to separate the lineage of like who built what van for who. Hmm. Like even minivans, though, for a long time there was this, uh, there was a Volkswagen conversion of the Dodge Grand Caravan called the Rutan? Yeah, the Rutan. I don't know if it was the Grand Caravan or if it was a, a Chrysler copy, but it was the Rutan. And it was the Rutan. Was was a Chrysler product, except for all the cool things that made the Grand Caravan <laughs> special. Like, there was no stow-and-go. Yeah. And there was no swiveling. Remember swivel-and-go? That was so sweet, man. Where you would, turn the, you would turn the seat around and then a table would pop out of the ground or the, the floor. Yeah. The t- yeah. So, so basically, Volkswagen got a, a lesser version of the Grand Caravan to rebadge. And then they claimed it was German-engineered. But the craziest thing, and I don't remember if we talked about this on a past podcast, but I did an article for Motor Trend. I want to say it was in like the fall. And Brooke Shields did a whole uh, series of ads for the Rutan. And it was called the Rutan Boom. And the idea was people were so into the Rutan minivan that they were specifically having babies and knocking to boots so that they would have kids so they could buy a minivan. But the way the ads were done, it was essentially Brooke Shields was like, you know, you know the concept of negging, where you like you say negative things to somebody to get them to feel, I guess, uncomfortable or put them off base, and then you kind of like it's like a it's like a yeah. tool that like third rate pickup artists use, and like I <laughs> I think also like people none of are, our listeners, of course, people who are negotiating for like a job or something. And anyway, so it's basically Brooke Shields negging these people who are gonna have kids, and they're like the only reason you're having kids is because you want to buy a minivan, and I think that's gross, and like. 
And this isn't even the weirdest part of the Rutan Boom ad campaign. That came later when they created this web app. And this is like, I want to say, 07 or 08. Yeah. They created this web app where you could mash up people's faces together. And it would would produce what their baby would look like. And the oddest thing was like their example on the website was they had like Tom Cruise's face and Katie Holmes's face because they were dating at the time. Yeah. But it wasn't like PR photos. It was like it was like some paparazzi had yelled, "Hey, Katie!" And like she had turned <laughs> and they had snapped this photo of like of her looking bewildered. And then they they merged their faces together. And then they tried to show that it looked a lot like their actual kid. I don't know if yeah. they had a kid or not, but all Did of you this know is, that site is still is still up. No, the site's not up okay, anymore. Okay, good. I'm terrified that our listeners will like uh, try to put our our faces in there and, if, and <laughs> create a baby of us. Well, if you want to check it out, I'll I'll try to link the the Motor Trend article <laughs> in the show notes because I found a site that had all these screen captures from the original app, and they were they're honestly just wild. Um, but we're kind of getting off track here. Why just, though? We need to talk. We need to get off track. These are minivans, and minivans I think are, is a topic that. Um, has either been done to death or isn't talked about these days enough. Um, and I want to say this with, with, with heart, really. Growing up, everyone had a minivan where, where, when I was growing up. I, I learned to li- drive on a minivan. My, I, and, I took my driver's license test in 1996 on right. a Pontiac Transport. So 19, right. I was and it was a 93. The, Lum- the Lumina or the, that really like wedge-shaped yeah, van. Yeah, the Dustbuster van. It was teal. And yes. it seated seven people. It had seven buckets, I believe. That's how it was set up. <laughs> seven buckets? Something really? like that. Or maybe no. it was only six in our, okay. in our van. Um, I remember loading that van with all of my friends. Of course. And I mean, like, so many people that they were standing in the aisles between the seats. And I remember going around a corner and the whole van tilted like a... Oh, no. Yeah, like, whoa. And everyone made that sound like, whoa. And then, I don't know. I guess I wasn't going that fast. Yeah, uh, I managed to pull out of it, but yeah, I was just bringing people from point A to point B. You really couldn't beat a minivan for that. I also remember it had the speakers in the rear hatch, so you could pop the hatch and then sit on like the, I guess the tailgate lip, yeah, and then blast music and think you're super cool, but you're not cool, man, because Why? you're, yes, cause you you're in a teal Pontiac Transport. Oh my god, that listening is a to Wu Tang Clan. That is a drive-in movie theater like. That is the killer app, man. It's true. And to me, like when I hear these stories, I think about how minivans are at the peak of automotive innovation. Like they are always pushing the envelope with, like you said, stow and go seating, a table that comes out of the floor. You can get an ice maker in the Toyota vans. <laughs> can you really? Yeah, in the in the first the Toyota van in the in the that appeared in the eighties, it had an ice maker option. It was really expensive because you had to get I think you had to well, get air yeah. you had to get air conditioning, which was like yeah. four grand or something crazy like that, which is an insane number for an eighties van. And then on top of that, you had to get the ice maker. I believe, and I don't know this for sure, that the Previa also had an ice maker option for a short period of time. Don't quote me on that. But it's it, speaking of Wu Tang Clan. Um, there are a whole bunch of tracks from the 90s uh, where Wu-Tang talked about the Mazda MPV. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. So they, they, they not only did they rap about the MPV, because I believe Raekwon or something had yeah. an MPV. Yeah, yeah. And he, he loved it. But he also, when they hit it big, like three or four members of Wu-Tang bought MPVs or bought them for their friends. And they had this Brilliant. like MPV crew. And the MPV was neat because it was like, did it have sliding doors? 
I don't think it did. I think that's what I'm thinking about the MPV. It was like it a four a doors. <laughs> yeah, with like, but it was van shaped. It was it was definitely a van. Anyway, um, most practical no. vehicle. I don't know what MPV stood for. I don't think it had sliding doors. But there were also like these, and you know what? I just love the game of remembering old, old vans because <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Remember, I used to work at uh, when we used to work at Auto God. I, I, there was a really talented journalist, and name was Mike Schley. Uh, hopefully, he listens to the podcast. Shout and out to Schley. I just, I just gave him a compliment for no reason. Um, he talked a lot about those Astro vans. Yes, uh, if you remember the Chevy Astro or GMC, you could get like all-wheel drive versions of them. Yeah, and he used to talk that these things were like hooning machines in the in the winter, essentially. So those vans, you would sit on top of the motor. Like the motor was yeah. directly between the driver and the passenger. And I believe you could like open up the center console and make adjustments to the motor <laughs> while it was running from peak, inside. This is the peak of automotive design, I'm telling you. <laughs> they are constantly, they are the most innovative product. Which brings us to the cars that we're, tra- we're we're driving today. Do you want to go first or should I? I'll go first because I don't okay, have a ton me. to say about this vehicle, but I do have a few things I wanted to point out. So I spent a week in the 2023 Toyota, C- Toyota Sienna, Sammy. The and, Sienna. The okay. Sienna. And I had an XSE all-wheel drive model. So the XSE is like third from the bottom. It's kind of the middle trim. It's kind of the sweet spot, I guess, because you get like – it's weird. Toyota's done this thing where it's tried to make its van look super cool. Um, and the XSE is the one that, that takes that to the extreme. Like it has, I think a unique bumper at the front and at the Mm -hmm. rear, and it's got big, big wheels, like 20 inch and it has sport front seats. I don't really know what that means. So they just have like a both, a little bit more of a lip to the both. Something like that. Something like that. But I mean, when you look, the weird thing about the van trying to look more aggressive. So we had a lot of snowfall the week I had the van. Yeah. And I had an all-wheel drive model, but we're going to get to why that was sort of problematic in a little bit. First, I want to focus on how the snowfall interacted with the bodywork of the Sienna. The Sienna has this pointy snout now where the hood is kind of like a little bit raised and the headlights drop somewhat and it makes it a shelf on either side of the hood. Okay. And so when the snow fell on the car, all of the snow piled on top of the headlights in a way (laughs) that I haven't seen in any other modern vehicle in a while. Normally there's like a... It's, it, there's enough of a roundness on the headlight for the snow to just kind of fall off, right? But right. For, but on the Sienna, it, it it was the place for the snow to accumulate. To just gather, yeah. I thought that was a little strange. Um, that is weird. It does have kind of like a jutting bumper. So mm-hmm. the snow is going to stick on the bumper and pile up in front of the headlights too. And with LED headlights, you don't get the heat that you would get from a normal headlight. They don't melt, essentially. Yeah. The snow doesn't – the snow and ice doesn't melt. This is a serious problem actually and I'm curious – um, if you've heard any solutions for this, there's because... nothing that I've, that I've heard of this practical. <laughs> I mean, if you have a headlight washers, that'll take care of it. Uh, I do want to point out something with that. The, that the Sienna did surprisingly well with its body in the snow though. So the, I, it had a, a remote, remote opening option for either door, like the sliding doors on both sides. Right. And this is just fun to do. Like to, I was showing it off to my neighbors and stuff, because let's face it, I'm a shut in my social, cir- social circle is quite small. If I encounter another human being, I don't know how to interact with them. So, so you just show them your car. I just started like opening. showing off things. It's not even my car. Right. Like, <laughs> but um, the problem with the, the remote is like, it doesn't say left or right. It just has like what side of the what yeah. side of the vehicle they're on. And so if you're facing the car and looking at the remote, it's the yeah. exact opposite of the yeah. button you're going to push. So I kept opening the wrong ones. But the reason it wasn't much of an issue, I don't know how Toyota's managed to do this, 
But even with the car completely covered in snow, when I opened the side doors, it lifted the snow away from the interior and slid backwards and no snow fell inside. No. Yeah. That's magic. It was magic. It felt like magic. I was super impressed. Like I don't, it's that's hard to do on any vehicle. Impress you or not get snow in the car when both, you open it. Both of those both. things. Um, I want to talk about the the Sienna in a bit more of an abstract way because we both <laughs> know that the the Sienna is the is the successor to one of the most impressive minivans of all time, the Previa, right? Which sure. is a mid-engine rear-wheel drive uh, minivan or all-wheel drive minivan. With that was offered with a supercharged four-cylinder engine, I believe. That's right. So So they dared to do something no one was asking them to do. (laughs) Similar to the ice maker in that way. Exactly. So of course, I'm really looking forward to. Here we are, uh, 30 years after the 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 Previa first debut. Once upon a time, Toyota was like, "What if MR2 but van?" (laughs) Exactly. Exactly with ice. Yes. So. I'm I'm like I'm in awe of these vehicles, and then now nowadays, tell me how can there be a line between the Previa and the Sienna that is offered today? There must be a connection of how cool they were together. No, right? the thing is, like <laughs> vans just don't exist anymore. Um, there's only four vans on the market. There's the there's the Sienna, there's the Odyssey, yeah. there's the Carnival, and then there's the Pacifica. Yeah. So. That, compare that to the 90s when you had vans from pretty much every major, every manufacturer. Even Mercury had a van. I believe the Mercury Villager was a rebadged um, Nissan – what was the Nissan van called? Quest. I remember Nissan it being Quest. a Quest. That's right. Yeah. So there was really? a lot of – Yeah. There was a lot of weird stuff going on like that. And you know what? Since we brought up the Quest, visually, the Quest and the – like profile-wise, the Quest and the new Sienna look very similar, don't yeah, they? Yeah. You're totally right. <laughs> The Sienna is definitely bigger, though. And that's that's something that brings me to the snow issues that I had with it. So, okay. So vans are way more practical than SUVs if you care about hauling people or cargo. There's no way mm-hmm. around it. The van has more room inside, and it's just easier to move around inside as well because it's, it, it's so much wider. You can just get between seats really easily. It's perfect. But part and parcel of that size inside comes with a really chunky exterior. And I park in an alley behind my house. When it snows, we have a good snow removal service because you can't survive without it in Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is they're not there 24-7. And sometimes the, the use of a plow in the back will create snowbanks. Those mm-hmm. snowbanks, they narrow your alley to, until you get to the point where it's hard to get around. So I had this yeah. van that I was having trouble getting in and out, um, or at least I couldn't do it easily because of its turning radius. The The okay. other issue with the van that I had in the snow was the all-wheel drive system. Now – the Sienna, every version of the Sienna, regardless of whether it's front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, is a hybrid now. You okay. get – it's basically right. – it's a 2.5-liter four-cylinder with a single or double for all-wheel drive electric motor. It's 245 horsepower, and it's pretty much the same thing you'll get in a Venza or a RAV4 or I believe a Highlander. Okay. It's, it's not that different. Um, That's promising. That sounds promising. Sure. Until you realize that okay. – the traction control system on the um, Sienna is totally dedicated to not having any wheel spin. <laughs> so I pulled in front of my house after a particularly snowy day, and there was, you know, snow banks that accumulated on the side of the road. I pull in. I leave it parked for about an hour. I come back out. I try to drive out of the spot I just drove into. The van will not move. No. No, it will. It refuses to even try breaking over the small bit of ice that it accumulated. And you had it in drive, right? Well, that was that was step two. 
Okay, but no, I had it in drive. So then what I had to do was me, you're telling me the car you you put your foot into it. They it went, get some wheel spin and then went, and then nothing. nothing. Yeah. So what I did was I had to turn off traction control and then it would okay. move. It would give me enough spin to move to to get going. But I mean, not everyone's going to know how to do that, and not everyone's going to think like I don't have traction. I should turn off traction control. That's like that's true, a counterintuitive thing in the winter. But uh, I always thought that was uh, you're you're going to laugh at me because I think I think that way. I do maybe because I'm we're more me and you are both more. Um, you mean maybe because acquainted? you're a professional automotive journalist, you have we're a- acquainted <laughs> with how some stability controls really just don't know what the concept of uh, or traction control. They don't know the concept of. Snow, like I don't know where 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 they come in there. So I just ended up turning off traction control every time I went into my alley, and it kind of yeah. got rid of the problem. Um, but other than that, uh, in the snow on the road, I didn't really have any issues with the vehicle. Great the traction was decent. Where I did have problems was with the refinement of this drivetrain. And I don't as longtime listeners will remember. I believe it was around this time last year. I had a Venza. And I had a lot of complaints about how rough the gas engine in the hybrid, because the Venza is also all hybrids now. And I, I had complaints about how rough it felt, just kind of like an agricultural coarseness that um, I don't know what why exactly it happens. I'm wondering if it's because you and I have talked and you've yeah. driven the RAV4 and you, you love it. Yeah, you love and the, the Venza, RAV4. yeah. But in the wintertime, it seems like something happens to Toyota's hybrid engines that make them run more rough. And I want to put it, Put it in two ways. There's the fact that underway, when the engine was cold, it sounded really, really coarse. Right. Uh, and that's what that's what I'm under power when I'm driving away, you know, for the first 10 minutes of driving. But then when I get to my destination and I park, hybrids, they often, you know, as soon as you put it in, as soon as you pull up to a stop or you put it in park, the gas engine shuts off and it runs the climate control off of battery. And then once it gets too cold and there's not enough engine heat left to do that, it'll start the engine again. As soon as it starts the engine again and you're sitting there in the cold, it sounds terrible. It's just buzzy, raspy. I'm not even touching the accelerator. And I was very, very surprised by that, Sammy. That is um, that's unexpected to, to me because I feel like this engine and this powertrain has had time to bake. Has had There's a lot of like examples of this powertrain on the road. And to have different... Maybe the, maybe the size of the vehicle impacts how hard it has to work. Maybe, but at getting... idle, it's not working yeah, at all. That's right. Um, that's really unfortunate. I don't know what to say. And it really paints um, a picture for refinement, right? Like you said, refinement. Yeah. And that wasn't an issue. So I, I talked to some friends who, who are at various publications who have like a long-term Highlander. For example, a Highlander hybrid, same same type of drivetrain. And they, they're having similar issues with refinement. They just don't find that the power delivery is at the same level as what you used to get from the, I believe it was a three and a half liter V6 that used to be in the right. Sienna, which was a pretty decent motor. Yep. Another area where I really noticed the hybrid system as lacking is an acceleration. So really? um, on, on the highway, when I'm trying to pass or trying to merge, it is okay. adequate at best. And I say that as someone who I never had more than one other passenger in the vehicle. I did haul a little bit of stuff in it, which I'll get to in a bit. But imagine if the vehicle, I can't imagine what it feels like with seven or eight people sitting inside of it, which is easily another thousand pounds, right? (laughs) So this is kind of, I, I hesitate to say it's a step back for the Sienna, but it kind of took the bloom off the rose for me because there's so many other things about it that I like. Okay. Well, why don't we let me hear at least some of these things that you like about it? Because it, it, it might 
they might balance out and it just is uh you know a shrug of the shoulders whatever you can get in terms of the minivan segment or it's better it's more it's more good than bad or maybe it's this refinement can't overcome what you what you did like about it well uh, it's it's definitely spacious it's definitely yes. very very spacious i uh, my father is getting some interior work done on one of his studebakers and he had a whole dash pad for the for the vehicle that he brought into town and he he brought it in in his pickup and then i had to take it to the interior shop and i mean it's the full width of a vehicle right yeah so i have this huge box and the, the it was super easy to i just popped the hatch in the sienna i i used the button to um actually no i couldn't use a button to remotely move the second row seats i had to go to the second row and then pull a lever and slide them but they slide okay. way way up to the front nice. and then i had tons of room for what i needed to do and one thing i really liked about the sienna too is the load floor is so low compared to an suv this is something that i think it's overlooked there's so many trucks where you have to lift up and over a lip to get into mm-hmm. the vehicle in a minivan you pop the hatch and like the lip is at your knees and it's so nice to just be able to place things down inside instead of having to reach up and over. There's no weird hump or anything like in some of the, like the Land Rovers that I've been driving recently. Yeah. The, the the seats in the back, they fall flat into the floor and everything is designed with practicality in mind. Now, there's a, a couple of issues with that. Um, you can't remove the middle seats, I believe, in the Sienna. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be there no matter what. I know some SUVs, you can take them out. Some vans, you can take them out. Um you, you can't just have like a full cargo cube thing going on inside the Toyota. The other weird issue I had was with the rear seats, the very most rear seats, the third row folded flat. When yeah. I, whenever I went over a speed bump or hit a bump in the road, even at lower speeds, they kind of like flipped up and down like boom. And like what? I could I could look in the mirror and see that row moving. I don't know if the latch was broken or if they weren't properly latched, but I haven't had that experience in a while in a minivan. Imagine you're back there. That's like a whole new meaning to jump seats. LOL. I mean, if you're back there and you're sitting in them, I don't think they would move. I, I okay. hope they wouldn't move. Oh, I don't know. But that these are like fun. these are folded flat, so that they're, they're actually like it's like the seat back lifting up off the floor kind of deal. Okay. Um, it's those un- are okay though, but like so many of those features that you just mentioned, I don't think are partic- are specific to the Sienna. I feel like you can get those that experience in. Positive experiences in almost any minivan, especially sure. the one that I'm driving, right? Sure. It's hard to think of something that Sienna stood out as doing. It was comfortable. Yeah. And except for the engine noise, it was quiet. And again, the engine noise, much more noticeable when it's cold. And it was pretty cold last week when I had it. But uh, it, I I didn't not enjoy driving it, except when I was having to deal with, you know, not being able to accelerate quickly. Um, or well, when I say sound, quickly... That doesn't sound ideal. Sorry. I, that just that sounds... It, like it wasn't great. Yeah, and I don't expect sports car performance from this minivan, but I also don't expect to like just kind of be completely underwhelmed trying to claw my way through traffic and emerging right. on the highway. Uh, but but the feel of the van, the size of the van, it's big, but it feels when you're driving it, it doesn't feel super big. You only really notice it, like I said, when you're in a tight circumstance, like a tight alley or there's snow banks or something. So I'd say my my experience with the Sienna overall very average. Like it kind of feels like here's a van, you know, and. Yeah. I couldn't really tell you if the hybrid was giving me good fuel mileage. It was too cold to get that kind of impression from it. I didn't put enough miles on it to really be sure of the fuel mileage I was getting. Um, it felt decent. It seemed reasonable for the temperatures. But I, I know the rating for it is something like 36 miles per gallon combined. And I think it's like 35 if you have all-wheel drive. And that's pretty good for a vehicle that size. That's not bad. Uh, how much was this thing again? So the XSE starts at 45000 And I think if you want... That's all reasonable. Real, well, 
Is it though? I mean, the base Sienna is thirty-seven grand. Both of those. Oh, XSC isn't the top trim. No, the top trim is fifty-two thousand. It's the platinum. Okay. So there's a big range. There's a twenty thousand dollar range almost for this van. I would say it's like eighteen thousand dollars of range from the lowest to the highest. If you want all-wheel drive, it's like seven hundred and fifty bucks or something like that, which is a pretty good. You know, that's that's not a lot of money to spend to add a feature that I think people will find useful. Um, but. You know, compared to an SUV pricing wise, and things start to fall apart there. Like a low feature Sienna is thirty seven thousand. You can probably get much more SUV for that amount of money. Absolutely, I think you're right. I mean, what, what did we say? A fully loaded, a fully loaded Sienna is fifty two, and mm-hmm. a fully loaded Hyundai Palisade is also fifty two. Yeah, and I think you'd be a little bit more. Uh, comfortable and happier in the Palisade. Well, I mean, the Palisade has more power. It looks better. It's nicer inside. What it doesn't have is the space that the that the that the Sienna has to offer. But it and the fuel mileage. Is, te- it makes up for in technology. Though. Yeah, and the fuel mileage is not as good. Yes, absolutely. Um, I also had a minivan, as I mentioned earlier. Do you mind if I talk about where my uh, tester fits in this whole minivan conversation? No, I need to hear it. Okay, I had the 2023 Honda Odyssey. Um, Odyssey has has not changed names. The Honda has always sold a minivan, I believe, with the name Odyssey here in North America. Am I wrong about that? Will Sammy, you correct me? Didn't you just drive a pilot? That's true. And isn't the pilot and the Odyssey essentially the same vehicle? I don't know if that's the case anymore, but they have such so, so many similarities in terms of powertrain, seating, and uh, and and design. So I wanted to know whether or not there there really is a difference in terms of feel. And I do truly believe that a minivan feels and is more access- it feels better and is more accessible. Um, I think you know you immediately notice the lower step in height for for getting in and out of the vehicle. It's so much more comfortable to get in rather than kind of like you don't have to pick your knees up. You know what I mean? Um, this car, this minivan. I was expecting some some important things from the minivan. Important I, things. What does that mean? Well, like I said, I, I I love it when minivans you have all this space to to play with. Um, and you can add more features to them. So your vehicle has this really impressive, uh, on paper, hybrid powertrain. And this one just has the 3.5 liter V6. But it has, the, it has a lot yes. more power than the Sienna, though. 280 horsepower, I believe, which is significant. And it also sounds really good for a for a minivan. Once that VTEC, VTEC kicks in... You're really, you're, you're really like, what is happening right quick, now? Quick question. Does it have VTEC? Yeah, I believe so. Because the new pilot doesn't, as far as really? I know. Really? I believe it was, I believe it's been removed. Yeah, this one has VTEC for sure. Okay. Does um, it have a little VTEC light? No, it doesn't. How did, how do you know when VTEC kicks in, yo? It just, you, for sure you hear it, man. <laughs> okay. It just gets, it just sounds wild. Um, 280 horsepower, 262 pound feet of torque. It has a 10 speed automatic. Um, which is fairly refined feeling. I was happy with this. It does get a little loud, both in terms of um, engine noise, wind noise. And VTEC um, noise. And VTEC noise. And, of course, if you got winter tires, um, this is uh, this is even louder. Sammy, how can you hear VTEC if all of your passengers are screaming because VTEC just kicked in, yo? Very true. Um well, you just you got to rev it a little bit higher than the screaming, of course. All right. I was really looking forward to testing out the various features in this minivan because, as you mentioned, the Sienna seems to be lacking a couple of those like I don't know what to call I don't want to call them gimmicks, but they're gimmicks, right? Um, <laughs> 
They're straight up gimmicks. So I'll tell you all about the gimmicks that uh, the, the Odyssey had. But one in particular was missing. It's just the Honda Vac, which is the Honda branded vacuum. I okay. love this. I love the idea of having a, a vacuum in a car because I hate garbage. I hate crumbs. I hate all that crap. What? Why? And why is there no more vac? From what I understand, the company ShopVac, which Wait. I used to think was a very important big deal company, has gone out of business, and they are the only supplier for the Honda Vac. Okay, to me, it's mind blowing that ShopVac was making the Honda Vac, and that I did not know that until now because. That is a brand association you want to lean hard into if you're exactly. in the world. That would be like if it was a Dyson. You wouldn't you wouldn't call it like a the Honda Heisen or something. You know, like you would be like you would be like Dyson Honda. But I, I heard that Shopvac went out of business and then got bought by a, a Chinese company and then was reopened again. And that's great there's because no, there's no timeline though when Honda Vac will get in back in into the Honda Odyssey. I, I, I have I have had or have Shopvac products and they work very well. Um, so, I mean, shout out ShopVac, not a sponsor of the podcast. Shout out Mike Schley, not a sponsor of the podcast. Um, it's just, it's sad to me that this, this brand alliance has ended before I even knew it existed. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like I said, it was one of the features that I was really looking forward to. What, what other weird, like, okay. brand so, alliances do you think are out there in the van world that we don't, is it like a Slim Jim, like snap into a... Yeah, snap, snap into an intercom kind of like thing that we don't know about. Or hell yeah, I think GoPro should probably be um, or or TikTok because people can be doing sort of like in van dances. Remember when? Recorded. Remember when GoPro was with the Toyota Tacoma? Oh and, yeah, and, and, and all it was was like it was like a plastic mount on the cage, windshield. Yeah, that's it. And it was like, we're sponsored by GoPro. We're integrated yeah. with GoPro. Meanwhile, Ford with the Maverick was like, you can 3D print anything you want. <laughs> Even a GoPro mount. Yeah, exactly. But they'd uh, have to call it like a, a FOMO GoPro mount yeah. for like, you know, copyright reasons. I want to talk about one of the features that the car had um, or uh, two of the features that the car had. One was, remember I told you last week about Trail Watch? Yes. Is there this a kid watch? Trail, there, this is called Cabin Watch. Okay. And there's a uh, a very wide like a like a fisheye lens camera in the in the ceiling of the of the car that can see all of the second and third row passengers, and so you can keep an eye on them by staring at the um, infotainment system. Shouldn't she be watching the road? Just you can also zoom in, pinch and zoom what? Um, on specific seats. What? <laughs> to get a closer look of whatever face they're making to you or the camera. No, that's a mistake. You want that's a rookie mistake. Do you want to know why? Because while you're pinching and zooming in on kid one, kid two is doing something crazy because they know you can't see them. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like now, a Jurassic Park. You know, like when when that dinosaur in Jurassic World, when the dinosaur was like super still and it was like, oh, like it hasn't moved in a long time, but no. It just it just stayed still, so you thought it wasn't moving, and meanwhile, it was on the other side of the park eating humans. I'm not exactly. saying your child is a cannibal, but what I am saying is, is don't, that... don't pinch and zoom. Absolutely. Um, also, the... keep your eyes on the road, man. There are other people than your kids out there that need to be watched. <laughs> uh, so there's no – I mean, like, lane watch is gone, so we can't be using that anymore. So there's no lane watch, but there's kid watch. So it's they one or the other. You can't that. get both? I guess not. What if you're watching your kid and then you turn to put the turn signal on and you're zoomed in? Does it zoom in on the side? <laughs> sure. It should zoom out the window of the of the minivan. Of How course. has Honda decided that it's more important to watch a kid than watch your blind spots? Yeah, I Does don't the kid know. have a knife? <laughs> 
still have blind spot monitoring, of course. I want to see that. Just out of view. I want to be a fly on the wall in that meeting where they're like, we can only, we only have enough budget for one camera. Is it inside or outside? And they're like, well, kids are dangerous. <laughs> Do you have any I'll kids? No, I don't, but I assume that they're dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you though the safety aspect of cabin watch is uh, a real uh, a real feature. If you put something in the back seat or a child in the back seat and you park the car, it will turn on cabin watch at the end of your journey and be like, "Did you forget anything in the back seat?" No, that's scary. Okay, <laughs> look, there are already so many cars now where if you open the rear door, it initiates a cycle for that yes. ignition cycle where it says once you turn it off, it says. Look in the rear seat or something. Yeah, that's scary it enough. Check in the check the rear seat. Yeah. I always I for for a dramatic effect. I always gasp when I when I. Turn I know around. it's like is there someone with a hook for a hand waiting for me back there? But to introduce a video element where yes. they show you a video image and it's like. Is there something in the back seat? And all of a sudden it's like a Where's Waldo horror show where you think that the only reason they're showing you the video is because there is something there. And if you don't see it, it's too late for you, my friend. It's going to get you. That's scary. Honda knows something we don't. They they also know what we did last summer. Um, I I wonder if like on Halloween – there's like a, a there's a program code that kicks in, so like it says something in the back seat, and then it shows the image, and then it goes and like shows static, and like it flickers, and then it shows you like two glowing eyes, and then nothing, and then it cuts off, it just goes black. So, the other uh, interesting feature of uh, of this Honda Odyssey um, is that it has rear seat entertainment. I think yours had uh, rear seat entertainment as well. Okay, is the rear seat entertainment just watching your kids fight? <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's front seat entertainment. Okay. So, but beyond the rear seat entertainment, there's also I can't remember what it's called. It's not cabin talk. Maybe I mean cabin watch. It might be called cabin, cabin talk. Cabin touch. Cabin talk. That's an talk. over. That's a vetoed feature. They're like mm, yeah. no cabin touch. So America's cabin not ready. Talk is this PA system that uh, uses the, the the microphone in the in the front of the vehicle to play your voice through the speakers in the back, so that your kids can hear you a little bit more clearly. It is a one way microphone system, so they can't talk back to you. Um, but this feature also plays if they're watching something on the on the rear seat entertainment system. It plays in the headphones of the system, so you can I don't know if you want you could probably ruin a movie before yeah make your own dialogue your own, your own dad dialogue for like whatever they're watching. You know, it, can you use the like can you reverse the streams and kind of project your voice outside of the vehicle with the cabin talk? I don't think so. Why? And, what are you called Enviro talk. Well, I'm thinking because so <laughs> yeah Earth Earth talk Earth talk. So in in Japan, uh, what I've visited a couple times, and it's not uncommon when you're in a big city like Tokyo for like a van to go by, and the van is driving really slow and it has loudspeakers on the roof, yes, yes. and and it's saying stuff in Japanese. And of course, I don't. I mean, I did take years of Japanese classes, but my Japanese is not that good, so I don't understand what it's saying. But when I ask people around me. Most of the time they're like, oh, it's like a political thing. So it's either like someone who's running for local Whoa. office or like someone who's kind of uh, lobbying for a certain law or something like that. It's not. It's a pretty common way to do that kind of communication in Japan. So I feel like it's a really short leap between cabin talk and like environment talk is what I I'm saying. I think you're right. I think you can definitely pull that off. Um, what else do I need to tell you about this? It also has um, – it has started stone-go seating in the, the third row. Um, they fold – pretty decently and without too much effort it does not make a flat load floor though it's something that i need to make sure people understand and it's a bit like ramped downwards towards the center of the vehicle which is i don't know if that's very practical or not can you remove Um, the second row seats 
Yes, you okay. can. So that's a step and up a over middle s- segment, And there's a middle segment just like um, I mentioned in the pilot, although I don't think that the middle segment can fit as neatly or cleanly in the, in the cargo area as it does in the pilot. Okay. So uh, all of these features, pretty decent. And I was very happy with some of the amenities that my uh, top trim level model had, like heated seats, heated steering wheel, heated, uh, I mean, ventilated seats. And um, I think that's about it. I'm, I'm, there are parts of this vehicle that I really do like, but, and again, like I said, I just love the joy, I think, in minivan random features. There's always something like, a minivan just has stuff that other cars don't have. I don't know if I've seen this cabin watch, uh, this cabin talk. Well, no, because it's terrifying. Why would you put it, (laughs) why why would you put that in other cars? The Honda Vac, all these features need to be in everything else. So I, I just would love to see more and more of these features. And as it stands, this, this fully loaded model that I have, um, is 50, $51,000 essentially with destination, um, as well. And I think that's pretty, that's reasonable. Reasonable. I do. I think that's reasonable. Get, okay. Given the equipment that you're getting. Let's do our Palisade test. Yeah. So the Palisade gets all-wheel drive, which this doesn't have. It gets a nicer interior. It has a nicer interior and bigger screens. Okay. I know you're all about the screens. Yeah, you know that. But it doesn't have cabin watch. Thank goodness. <laughs> Is there... I mean, assuming Shopback comes back to... Honda. No, you can't compare a feature that Honda used to have <laughs> to not? a Palisade that currently exists. Can I talk to the children through the headphones? Uh, I don't know. Can you? I don't know. Can you? Maybe you should have a more direct relationship with your children that doesn't require the facilitating bridge of technology, Sammy. Well, we'll talk to some parents about that one day and see how it goes. I think, um, and, well, and of course, like you mentioned, any minivan, super uh, super practical, plus, so much space. Yeah, and there's also power the con- doors. Come on, you love power. I love power doors. The controversial Hyundai Palisade child cage technology. <laughs> child cage technology. AKA the kid immobilizer. The child immobilizer, of course, which is very handy for some parents. A different parenting style, of course. Yeah, and then when you when you have the kid immobilizer activated and you leave the car on the screen, it says "Don't look in the back seat" because it yeah. it doesn't want to create even more feelings of guilt than you already. That's have. right. Um, I'm happy for this for the with this Odyssey. I don't think um, parents would be disappointed if they bought this, but I really would recommend they take a look at both the um, Pacifica and and Carnival if technology is one of the is one of the priorities on their shopping list. I think that both the Odyssey and the Sienna can sometimes feel a little dated. The infotainment screens can be just ugly and and sluggish and slow and small. Um and I really just wish that this car even had a a, a more intuitive or faster infotainment system and I think that would be a perfect Odyssey, really. A perfect Odyssey. The perfect Odyssey. Okay. So, do you think that the Odyssey is going to change significantly now that the new pilot is out? Yeah, I think we're going to get this non-VTEC engine um, in the new Odyssey Do you think in, in we're going to – what about Odyssey Trail Sport? Is that something that you think? I don't know because the Odyssey doesn't come with all-wheel drive. Well, and I obviously think... the Trail Sport does though. Like that's the <laughs> – that's the, that's the gimmick? That's the and gimmick. We... I mean the, the load trail, floor is – the load floor is already not flat in the back. <laughs> yeah. Might as well stuff a differential under there that has like slip and grip – all-wheel drive of some kind. And just the biggest, strongest skid plate you can fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great idea, oh, sure. Oh, like a removable skid plate that I can use as a slide. No, like I don't know. Carpet. But do you see, 
Like, a part of me just says, you know, if it's going to be a minivan, it has to do something, like, very family-oriented that the normal pilot trail spot trail sport couldn't do. So, like I said, it should... It should actually, you know, the you know the the rear seat entertainment system should show the trail watch cam, so that you can show all the kids all the plants and animals that you're running so they, over. Yeah, on so the they trail. can experience nature like third hand. So they, it's like, why didn't you just stay at home with Planet Earth and at least you'd have David Attenborough's voice like, and your father is now slowly driving down a rutted road that will surely gut the Odyssey's engine and oil pan and cause a non-royalty repairable damage. And no one can afford this, but it's happening anyway. Yes, and nobody wanted this minivan on the trail, but your father just had to. There's a huge line of jeeps honking frantically, throwing rocks behind you, but your father is focused ahead of him, grimly gripping the steering wheel, the task at hand overwhelming his ability to process his own childhood trauma. Exactly. I can see the commercial now. I think you've really nailed it. Um, I think Honda should really be listening to this podcast and and taking notes, of course. Um, I think you're right. Trail Watch is on the way for the Odyssey. Why not? Why not? Why why not indeed? TRD Pro for your Sienna. No, because I don't think the Sienna, like, I don't, the Sienna is not, I don't think uh, Toyota has those kind of aspirations. I think that, I think they tried to make one, isn't there one called the Woodland or something like that? It's like Is that a, the same thing? There's a Woodland edition, and I want to say that that's kind of like a pseudo off-road version of the Sienna that they made. They were kind of targeting the overlanding crews with oh, it. Oh, yeah. But, like, not really. Um, I'm that looking, sounds so forced. Why would you want to go overlanding in a minivan? <laughs> well, I mean, lots of people overland in vans, right? Like, it's pretty popular. But so. there's just not a lot of minivans that have the extra ride height. So I'm checking. It has more ground clearance, but, like, a tiny bit more ground clearance. And it can tow 3,500 pounds, which I think is the same as any other Sienna. But what it does have is like a 1,500-watt inverter. So you can power okay. stuff while you're off-road. Finally. Yeah. We and need I... those inverters. All right. Anyway. <laughs> what? Is that not true? So uh, that I don't have – do you have anything more you want to say about the Odyssey, Sammy? No. Nah, but I just love min- – I, I mean – I just love minivans because they always try to put this really these really weird features that nobody expects in them. And we grew up in these things, and I honestly think that they were they were ideal for what we needed at the time. And I would I I don't understand why people hate them so much now, but I wish minivans were cool again. One day. I don't I don't think people hate minivans. I think people honestly just don't think about them anymore. I feel like there was a, that period of hate is gone, and now it's like minivans are still here. Like that would be the the response you'd get from a hater. They also had the best names. There were very few alphanumeric names for minivans, were there? Mm, I can't think of any offhand. Even right? the Mercedes minivan. Oh, that one. That one. Was the R. The R class. So that was like was the R three fifty. I think that's a three row. I didn't have. That was totally doors. a minivan. They they really wanted you to think it wasn't a minivan. <laughs> but uh, and you could get an AMG R sixty three edition that was really really fast. See, that's 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 what I'm talking about. What is the best one? The Hyundai Entourage. That's a good one. I love that one. I, I think Villager is pretty good. Um, <laughs> Quest is good because it's exciting where there's no excitement to be had. You know, <laughs> it's like Nissan Quest. Eh, not right. Not quite. Not really. I and I'm, but I would rank the Aerostar and Windstar below below average in terms of names. Yeah, well, that was the weird period of time where like Ford felt like all of its vehicle names had to be linked somehow. <laughs> yeah, like every every vehicle either started with an F or had the word star. Yeah. 
And it was just, there was no need. There were the Flex, Fusion, Fiesta, Focus. The 500. Yeah, I don't get why that had to happen. Um, I don't think America got it either, which is With why it's... the exception it's... of the Taurus X. Well, the Taurus X eventually became the Freestar, didn't it? <laughs> With a freestyle, there was something weird. Oh, like, And the Taurus X, I mean, wow. That's a deep cut. Thank you that for bringing that up. That is a deep cut. I pulled it off, buddy. That is a vehicle that I haven't thought about in a long time. Can't remember the last time I saw one. But yeah, yeah. that did not last very long. They, they 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 renamed it and then it disappeared. Did Mitsubishi ever have a minivan? We don't talk about them very often. Yeah, they should have Mitsubishi it. had the Delica, which was like their Oh, version. yeah. Oh, I forgot about the Delica. Because yeah. you can see right-hand drive, off-road, like converted versions of these things. Exactly. So, and also there was the um, Mercury version of the Freestar, Freestyle, whatever. It was called the Monterey, I think, which was like... That's a, because Mercury, everything had to start with an M back then. And that was a way to to just crap all over a really good <laughs> vehicle from its past. Um, I don't think everything started with an M. There was the Cougar and there was the Sable. I think yeah. Mercury, I think if we were to describe Mercury's branding strategy in that era, it would be non-existent. That's true. <laughs> that would be the okay. word I would use. Anyways, um, I'm always happy to talk minivans. I hope you guys uh, were happy to listen to them. We'll find out later when we look at the stats. But if you want to talk about minivans, we encourage you to reach out to us on social media. You can find Benjamin. He's on, he's on uh, Instagram. He's at... Hunting Benjamin. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Sammy underscore ha, like you're laughing. You can also email us, uh, Benjamin at BenjaminHunting.com, or you go to our website, UnnamedAutomotivePodcast.com, and there's a contact form. You fill that out, and whatever you sent lands in our inbox, and we'll have a great time reading it. And tell if you, you yeah, tell us your minivan stories, tell us your minivan stories. And if you want to hear other stories that aren't about minivans, we have like 300 episodes online now. You can at find least. them. You can find them either at our website or on any podcatcher: Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, all that good stuff. Stitcher. Just type in "unnamed automotive podcast." We are the only podcast that was brilliant enough to choose that unmemorable name. <laughs> so don't worry, you won't get us confused with anyone else. Um, it, it helps if you leave a review, but if you do leave a review, five stars only please that's our only request uh sammy what are you going to be talking about next week i don't know i've completely lost focus on what's happening but i think we're getting a guest next week aren't we we are getting a guest i believe we're going to have michael banowski on the show um he of the many many different projects both uh, social media oriented and web oriented so we're going to talk about cars with him i'm going to be also talking about the m the, the bmw x3m competition sammy Oh, great. Another one of these things. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. I am currently driving it through the coldest weather you can imagine. It is Tonight it is going to be colder in Montreal than it has been in 19 years on this date. Excellent. Stay warm, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm sure if you ever needed to, you can just warm yourself up from the exhaust of that thing. Really. Well, that's how I've been warming my whole house this week. Oh, my God. No, open a window. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.